Get Up Nation. My name is Ben Biddick. I am the creator and host of the Get Up Nation podcast, where I serve individuals, organizations, and societies to develop and sustain resilience and perseverance. I'm the co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Rurong Living, Adam Greenberg. The Get Up Nation podcast is brought to you in partnership with GotYour6Coffee.com, where Navy veteran Eric Hadley is committed to serving first responders, veterans, and their families through a variety of nonprofit organizations. No stranger to adversity, Eric has fused necessity of coffee with his passion for public service. You're already purchasing coffee. Why not empower your coffee with purpose? Why not purchase coffee that not only has your six, but also has the backs of those who don a uniform of service for our communities and great country? Learn more about Eric and his freshly roasted award-winning coffee at gotyoursixcoffee.com. Welcome to this episode of the Get Up Nation podcast. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with Sean Wells. Sean is an expert in the fields of performance, nutrition, longevity, fitness, and supplementation. He earned his master's degree from UNC Chapel Hill, where he studied nutritional biochemistry with a minor in exercise science. Sean is a registered dietitian with a decade of experience as the chief clinical dietitian in hospitals and skilled nursing facilities. He is also a certified sports nutritionist and has worked with celebrity clients and professional athletes. Known as the world's greatest formulator, biohacktivist, and keto authority, Sean faced and overcame significant obstacles with his own health, weight issues, depression, autoimmune conditions, including Epstein-Barr, fibromyalgia, and chronic fatigue syndrome two cervical disc replacements, and a pituitary adenoma, which is a type of brain tumor. Today, Sean is here to share with Get Up Nation insights into resilience and overcoming that will help you get up when life knocks you down. Sean, on your website, you write about your passion to help people put the pieces back together with medicine, supplements, corrective exercise, self-care, biohacking, and everything at your disposal to make them the best person they can possibly be. Daily, you work to make people whole. You co-host Biotrust Radio. You're frequently a guest expert on the nationally broadcasted One Life Radio Show. You're an internationally recognized expert that appears in the documentary called The Real Skinny of Fat. You've spoken on stages across the globe. That's your today. Will you take us back to a time in your life where you were dealing with significant health challenges? What were some of the troubling symptoms and experiences that played a role in what we are all seeing you accomplish today? Yeah, thanks for having me on. And and yeah, definitely, I think, what you see there, as far as all my accomplishments, accolades, credentials, is all a result of how broken I was. And I think you hear that story over and over, like the people that are most passionate, that go deepest down the rabbit hole to become the expert are literally just trying to fix themselves. And then along the way, they're helping so many other people. And that was me as the most passionate person I knew about trying to fix myself. I grew up obese, junk food junkie, you know, laughed at in school, bullied in school. And, and I lived in a chaotic home where my, my brothers left very early on, my two older brothers. And so that was, you know, difficult. And the biggest thing was once I got to college, I started working out, you know, getting in shape, starting to use the weights, looking into creatine and, and whey protein and all these things, reading the magazines and the couple books that were out, like, Optimum Sports Nutrition by Dr. Michael Colgan and definitely reading Arnold's bodybuilding book. And so I was getting into like the science of making my body healthier and I was getting attention from girls finally and 
you know, getting to be one of the guys not last picked on, you know, for something athletically. And that felt good for the first time in my life. I started feeling a little bit better about myself. I went to my doctor in between my sophomore and junior year at Babson College Business School. And I was telling him about all this stuff and, you know, wanting to know what his thoughts were on, you know, the science of BCAAs or protein or, or creatine or these things, thinking that he was going to laugh about them. You know, most doctors, especially back then, say that stuff is stupid. But instead, he actually drew out a lifeline for me that had 20 to 80. And he said, why not be happy between here and here? And it gave me permission, this one quote unquote random guy, and I would say we're never random, you know, gave me permission to pursue like my, my passion. And, and that changed everything for me. And I decided to, once I finished my business degree, go back to school to be a dietitian and ultimately a formulator by getting biochemistry and nutrition and exercise science, and all this stuff as a master's at, at UNC North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And, and so that was the game changer. But, you know, along the way, I also got sick again, just pushing myself. I ran into some autoimmune issues really bad with Epstein-Barr virus, Hashimoto's, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia. And I struggled to get out of bed. I couldn't go to class. I was in pain, inflamed for months. And then it turned out that the, the ketogenic diet, which I was doing research on back at the time, this is 20 years ago, you know, ended up being a solution for me to reduce my, my pain and inflammation and, and just feel a lot better. And then also I was definitely researching supplements that helped with immunity as well. So, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a journey. And then eight years ago, I got diagnosed with a brain tumor, a pituitary adenoma. And, you know, that helped me lock down even more. And that's when I started working on paleo and keto and fasting and, and taking all the right supplements and de-stressing and, you know, all these different techniques, red light therapy, cold plunges. And I've been trying to biohack myself ever since. It's just tremendous how you're taking, you know, a lot of times these things happen and, and people shut down, they're overwhelmed they can't find an opportunity in it. But you consistently with every challenge that you're served up, you, you are able to process that in a way where you are extremely resilient, where you have learned that anything that happens to you that's difficult, you use it as fuel to serve mankind. You're leaving a, a profound legacy. Every moment of suffering that you have, you basically seek to deconstruct it, find solutions to it, and give back so that other people don't have to experience that. And first of all, I would just say with immense gratitude, thank you for taking that approach because of how much it's helped the world and how much it will continue for every every day that you live and breathe. And much further beyond that, your legacy will be profound. But at this point, maybe you didn't always have that capability. Over time, how did you learn that process? How did you develop that when you did receive you know, a diagnosis or you were suffering or you couldn't get out of bed? Did your process of being resilient during those things, did that evolve over time? Yeah, I would say. I mean, I, I've fought depression and, and suicidal thoughts at several points in my life. It's been extremely difficult. And this is actually a suicide prevention month. And yesterday was suicide awareness day. And, and it's something that, you know, people don't want to talk about. People think that you are some loner or a weirdo. 
if you have suicidal thoughts and you know, I would say, look at Robin Williams, look at Chester Bennington, look at Chris Cornell. Right. You know, these are people that are like at the height of their profession, right. that are sort of have families that, you know, are incredibly talented, seem positive and energetic, but you don't know the battles that people are facing behind the scenes. And I've always battled self-love because of, you know, the way I grew up, like, I mean, I've had no problem outworking everyone else and outachieving everyone else, but I've had a massive problem being kind to myself and loving myself. So, you know, that's, that's something that I've struggled with behind the scenes. And, and, and I work on, you know, to this day, I, I do, you know, therapy and plant medicine journeys. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I go, you know, deep on that stuff too. I don't care what anyone thinks anymore. Like, you know, judgment on, you know, seeing a therapist or judgment on, you know, using plant medicines or whatever. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm trying to work on me and be the best me I can be so I can show up for you guys, you know, like, and love myself in the process. So. Thank you so much for articulating that and just increase my respect for you even more. I, in a lot of the work that I've done has been to, to help prevent suicide. A lot of the work that I've done has been to help people who are in crisis, who are thinking about ending their own life and the immense amount of pain that they're in. And I can see, you know, when you're young at the cruelty of other people, when if you're dealing with obesity, if you're dealing with, you know, social struggles because you don't feel like you fit in or you can't seem to connect with others or or you're having, you know, cruelty happen in your home or, or even just neglect or whatever. I don't know exactly everything that you've been through, but it is a tremendous challenge for young people when they don't have a loving environment. And, and it's very difficult, especially we work so hard and are so good at serving others or, or giving back to others. But that is a huge challenge. I agree with you 100% to love oneself. They say, you know, if you met a friend who didn't like themselves very much, you would say to that person, you know, well, you're beautiful, you're smart, I'm happy to have you as a friend, you'd be kind to another person. But it is an immense challenge often to show that kindness back to ourselves. And so, you know, for somebody who's such a high performer as you, who's off making such profound offerings to our world, I hope that you are experiencing or that you do have people in your life who see you as more than just ultra successful and see you as a valued human being they enjoy being around and sharing their life with. I I wish you the ultimate in health. And so, yeah, and that's the thing, like, especially in our world, you know, we, we can accomplish amazing things and that is, that is phenomenal and that is profound, but how much do we truly need in that truest sense, a sense of love, a sense of connection, a sense of not being judged and a sense of just being welcomed for all that we are. That's yeah, that's massive. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm actually doing like, I don't know if you know Byron Katie's work, but your listeners can check it out at thework.com. But it's all about kind of owning your truth and, and like being in your realm of power. And, and everyone else has their own path. Everyone else is doing the best they can. Right. And you have stories that you tell yourself about them, about how they're hurting you, about how they're hurting themselves. And those are all stories. Everyone has their own path. They're doing the best they can. And that includes you. So, you know, you can grant yourself some grace and you can grant others grace and free yourself of that torment of, you know, people aren't just going out of their way to hurt you. That's not what they're doing. That's the story we're telling ourselves. And, you know, as someone who, you know, 
grew up hurt a lot. Like I have a lot of stories and I'm undoing a lot of those stories and I'm, and I'm, you know, making myself the protagonist, the hero again, you know, instead of the victim. Right. And so, you know, I'm just trying to, to now, you know, walk my path and do what's best for me. And when I'm heads up, then I can show up, you know, I can, I can be there and in my best form and really connect with people and have that empathy and hear them when your head's down, when you're surviving, you're not thriving, you know, like you're, you're just making it through the day. You know, you don't see that person hurting. You don't hear those voices. You don't, you know, work your way through something and say, you know, wonder what's really going on with those, that person. Like to your point, you know, just saying something like this doctor said to me can change someone's life radically. You know, like you could be that person for someone like that one day, you might be the difference between someone killing themselves and not, or someone, you know, achieving their, their best life or not, you know, like you have that impact, like you can be that person. And, you know, you obviously want people like that in your life. The more you're out there doing that, like, I believe manifestation is just like, you know, we're all in the right place, right, right time. We are, we are, we all are in the right place, right time. Some of us are heads up and some of us are heads down. Some of us said, you know, say that figures, this person's the lucky one. And all they were was just heads up and, and processing. And we're all in that right place, right time. It's not like luck, right? It isn't luck. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a choice. And that, that's the difference to me is, is just having that positive mindset and putting the power squarely in my hands and I control my destiny and, and I just got to live my truth and, and be the best person I can be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to enjoy the process in the meantime, to enjoy yeah. the development, enjoy the doors that open that you create, that you see that may have been there all along, but you were unable to see and suddenly they're there. And like you said, you know, people were colliding with people. It feels personal when you get leveled by somebody. It feels personal. But to have that type of perspective where you step back and you realize maybe that's just a person doing the best they can and you know, that happened and, and to process pain, you know, and to get through that and to show that kind of extension of empathy or that extension of both outward and both inward to say, well, you know, I do have pain, but I can process my pain. And maybe this person never intended that. It sort of felt like they're doing the best that they can to show yourself that grace. That is a huge strength. And I think for for a world where we're largely, you know, our school systems, our educational systems largely just throw cognitive ideas at us and we don't get into these the depth of what are our school systems teaching us? Are we being taught to be successful, happy, healthy humans who love one another, who right. hear about each other, who create a kind of world where the vulnerable are protected, where where people have a sense of validation and are listened to and, and can contribute to all of our good. We have a lot of changes to make in our systems, in our healthcare system, and all of our systems. I mean, we can see that in the amount of unrest in the streets. People are not feeling heard. People are not feeling valued. And so to have you guiding the way here to, to look at the entire picture of what human beings are. You had worked in the past doing work and certain medical professionals would look at their lane. They would look at their silo. They would read their charts. And that was that was it. 
But you went in and you read everybody's. You read the social workers, you read the nurses, you read the doctors, you saw the whole, you looked at that patient as a person, as a human being, as someone there to be relieved of suffering. You didn't go in there and say, well, I'm going to do my 10 minutes, I'm going to do my note, and then I'm going to bill for Medicare or whatever it is, and we'll, in 10 minute, 10 minute, 10 minute, 10 minute. You looked at a human being, and the results are so much bigger, so much bigger than what anybody else can do if, they, if they're looking at people as anything less than what people are. You know, I'm excited to meet people like that. I'm excited to see what your mind is creating for the world because that's the kind of perspective that I think leads to the most profound impact, leads to the most satisfying interactions, leads to social systems that would actually, you know, empower, liberate, and, you know, affirm people and their families. And and we have a lot of work to do today with the amount of stress and conflict, especially during a pandemic, to see the world through your type of eyes that's what I want. And that's what I want to give. Just so much respect for you, sir. Thank you. You know, and, and to your point, the pandemic right now, like there's so much beautiful things coming out of this. And I feel so blessed for it happening. I was pushing so hard, you know, taking on all these speaking engagements, TV, travel, you know, whatever. It was over 300 days I was going to travel this year. Wow. And COVID shut it all down. And, and I was able to step back and really evaluate everything and say, what is actually serving me here? Like, and, you know, in some degree I was, so, you know, chasing the, the notoriety, the, the fame or, or whatever. I mean, I'm trying to do the best I can, but we all fall prey to this stuff. And, and beyond that, I was making decisions without a lot of headspace without a lot of room because I was moving so fast. So I just say yes to everything. I wasn't setting those boundaries. I wasn't, I didn't have a criteria to, to, to work through what made sense. And when COVID happened, there's nothing else in the world that would have happened to shut it all down like this, right. this way that I had to stop, that I had to reevaluate, that I had to take a break. I would have never taken a break otherwise, unless I was horribly hurt or, you know, got a disease, got in an accident. So, you know, I'm thankful that, that COVID happened. I mean, obviously, I'm not thankful that people have, you know, been affected directly by the disease. But, you know, it's, it's been a blessing and, and everything can be a blessing if you let it. It's just like in business. There's the opportunity out of every tragedy, right? Like, you know, you can, you can turn something into a win, Whenever something happens, anything happens. And it's just like that, you know, with your life that, that you can see the good, see the silver lining. You can see the opportunity to grow, you know, see the opportunity to seize a new business. Like all the people that have, have figured out, you know, virtual meetings and, and, you know, how deep connection is and, and how important that is for us to connect. You know, all that stuff, like that's all happening right now. The world is changing and I feel it's changing in, in an amazing way. Like I feel there's a great awakening happening with the value of relationships or with things like therapy or with plant medicine. You know, like I'm starting to hear more people are like open to deep self-exploration and therefore creating deeper relationships around them. Right. And everything is less superficial. And I mean, you may see, you see what you want to see. You, you could, right now, you could see writing. You could see 
bipartisanship and, and or sorry, partisanship and, you know, people being hyper polarized on on politics or whatever. But what I see, I see people coming together. I see more love. I mean, if you buy into all the clickbait stuff, like you'll believe that we all hate each other. Right. But I see like people getting sick of the clickbait. I see people getting sick of the arguing, sick of the um, partisanship and and really coming together and connecting on a deeper level. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent with this. You know, we're experiencing, you know, this forced kind of situation of introspection and, and isolation. We're forced to everything that's been familiar to us that has allowed us to be distracted, that has allowed us to, you know, just be like constantly entertaining ourselves with convenience, et cetera. Suddenly, everything we're used to has stopped, and that becomes a profound opportunity for us to reawaken to the things that we weren't noticing before. And one thing that certainly I agree with you 100% is that we are truly in a a world where we don't know our neighbors. And suddenly, when adversity strikes, suddenly you start seeing the people that were there all along, where you start seeing the things that were right in front of you that you never necessarily valued or took interest in before. And so all of this, this investment in home life and people staying home and children going to school while at home, we're really drawing together. I agree with you. This is a profound opportunity. Like you're saying, everything happens and it's what you do with it and how you respond to it. And people can feel very helpless and hopeless if we're being fed certain things from certain you know, messages that we're receiving, or it's how we take those things in and what we decide to do with them, because we certainly can't control other people, but we can control how we respond to something that's happening. And so if we dare to say that we're worth it, if we dare to say that I am going to accept the good that's there, that that it's for me and that it's okay to have good in my life, that I am not worthless. That people may have told me that. People may have said you're worthless. People may have hurt me. People may have, you know, done violence against me. I may want to do violence against myself because I have lost sight of what is valuable, beautiful, and brilliant within me. But if we dare to say, I can have a full relationship. I can have friendship. I can have laughter in my day. I don't have to punish myself in order to receive it. I don't have to do 17 things to earn the trust and respect of, of certain people. There's, there's certain people who will value me. And, and those are the people that I will spend my time with because they value themselves as well. And will have a much more satisfying, much more healthy interaction with each other. And then we can all band together to use, use the things that you've created to, to enrich our life, to make every moment spectacular, to be in that mindful place where like the doctor you, you talked about with the line, the linear path, he said, being, you know, being present through it all, being happy through the whole process. That is a profound change that I think is starting to happen where, where all the failures start happening. We start looking for better answers. And I agree with you. I think we're finding better ones. I think it's going to become much more pervasive. There's a poem about living life in the dash, you know, the, the dash that's between your, your birth and death. And, yeah, you know, yeah. the, when you see that on a tombstone, like, like life is lived in the dash, you know, yeah. like we're so much more than, than the birth and the death. Like the, it's, it's about, and, and longevity is, you know, a lot of people think it's about living longer, but we're thinking differently about it. It's not, it's not really about putting more years in your life. It's putting about more life in your years. And so that you can have a more spectacular life, a life worth living, a life where you, you know, travel and see new things and challenge yourself and, 
you know, challenge those ideologies and when you meet other cultures and other languages and eat other foods and all that kind of stuff. Like that's, that's a main goal for me is, is to just grow as much as I can while I'm here. Absolutely. And you deserve that. And you deserve to, to be respected in that. And for all the people that missed your greatness or, or harmed you along the way, I wish you healing there because you are spectacular. You are somebody who, who is tremendous, has so much to give and has given and demonstrated it day after day. I mean, I can't imagine the feeling that you experience when you create another one of your formulas, you know, one of your, your supplements and you, you know what that is going to do for people. You know the amount of suffering that that is going to lessen, decrease, prevent, and to create that. And then to do that relentlessly, it is so cool. And I hope you have the ability to savor and cherish that, that your uniqueness and your gift for doing that for others. And I hope that you'll allow yourself to take in, you know, the responses from people that are positive, that have gratitude for you. Because it's, it's yeah. tremendous what you do. Thank you so much. And I I really appreciate that. And yeah, gratitude is definitely one of the things that I've been trying to perfect and, you know, doing the gratitude journaling or just thinking throughout the day, things I'm grateful for. It's, it's a filter. And, and again, it's, it's flexing that, that muscle that I was talking about earlier, that there's things that are happening every day, that there's positives that you can take away from them. There's so many things that, that are truly benefiting you that, that are opportunities. I mean, I feel like you either, you win or you learn, you know, it's, yep. it's that. It's, there's no losing. Losing is, is a contrived concept and, and, you know, a way to beat yourself up. Like you, you win or you learn. Yeah. Like, and, and to me, both are winning. So <laughs> like you're, you're, you're a winner all the time if you just let yourself be, you know? Like that's one of the, the biggest lessons for me is just granting myself grace. Like we're just, we're just so hard on ourselves. I can definitely speak for me as I have as much abuse as I've taken in my life. I've done more to myself. It's time to, to grow past that. When we're, we're young and we get messages from, you know, older people or other people, like we're new to this world. Here we are. We're, we're just children. We're just learning how to walk and talk and eat and grow, I mean, and play. And so when we get these messages from, you know, frightening elders or, or experiences where we're new to this world, that can be traumatic, that can be awful, that can be terrifying. It trains us to be cruel to ourselves. It's not easy, but it's very worth it to get to a point where you're able to get past that training, shed it, and get into that healthy concept. And man, yeah, I wish you all health and healing through all that as you as you deal with any of that stuff that you dealt with as a child or, or anything that you're dealing with today. I just, I have two daughters and I always say to them, I knew the world without you and with you, it's far better because I know there will be challenges in the future and I know they'll be overwhelmed at times. And I know that when we're in pain, we want to end the pain. And so we try to find ways to do that. And oftentimes suicide is something that our mind goes to because it is a way to end the pain, right? That we know of, but to successfully avoid that action, to get to the place where we can get through those thoughts into a place of where I can process my pain effectively and confidently and get to the place where I can consistently be kind to myself and shed these patterns or, or thought processes that take me to that spot of pain where I, where I hunger for it to be released. 
and to be able to be skilled in a way of managing pain when it when it comes or to help manage the thought process, the tools that help me get through those moments so that I don't have that as much, so that the pain, I'm able to prevent the pain or I'm able to, when it does happen, navigate through it quicker than before. And then to, to lean on the support factors, the protective factors around me to get me to the point where I'm thriving, then truly I think that is a frontier that is profound and beautiful. That is a frontier I think that we're facing as a human race is that the internal climate, the internal terrain, we need to learn ways where love is everything we are and do, and that where it goes to us and out from us. And that, and that puts everything in a nice priority. That prioritizes all the information. That prioritizes progress and innovation. That prioritizes what we need to sustain as we grow, because it's that process of loving ourselves and, and others along the way and preventing harm. So I, I, I look forward to what you are going to unleash on this earth. Uh, you look at what you've done so far. And now as you, you know, incorporate these things that you're processing internally and, and getting to the point where you are just full of love for yourself and others. And I can't imagine what you're going to do and how you're going to impact the world. It's exciting. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And like, I, I think one of my biggest epiphanies too is that, you know, I used to think it was a lot of work to figure out how to fix myself as I'm so broken. But one, this broken is what makes me beautiful. It's what's helped me connect all these people, have my compassion, my passion, my drive, my, my why, my reason for being is, is all these ways I've felt hurt and that connects me to people. And that's, that's my blessing. Absolutely. So also, you know, it's not truly a lot of work. What it is, is we're trying to remove the layers, the programming, the agreements, if you will, if you've read the four agreements, like the agreements we've made along the way, where we say, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not beautiful. I'm, I'm not happy. I'm, I'm, I'm not smart. Yeah. And when you come into this world, you come in with love, you come in with joy and you believe you're the most beautiful person in the world you believe that you're the the smartest person in the world and it's just along the way you start accepting things that people are saying about you right and they're all untrue they're all untrue like you you walk your own path and you're here to grow and so we are beautiful we are geniuses Right. And we just have to like get back to the child. We have to remove stuff. We don't have to do tons of work. We just have to remove the layers of stuff and get back to what's already there, what we already know. Yeah. We've just forgotten it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know where I heard it, but it was something like in the 40s is when we're farthest away. Like we were just born. We were just born, you know, at age zero to one to three, two to three to four. And then as, as we become elderly, I know you worked in, el- in, in nursing homes and you've worked in hospitals and, you know, when we're elderly, we're returning. So sometimes we feel the furthest away from whatever it is, you know, in our forties, because our trajectory has gone out and now it's starting to sling back. Someone had said something about that's on the continuum. That's when we sometimes feel farthest away because we're not as close at birth and we're not as close to death. Like you're saying that, like, you know, the, the back half is the trajectory back to earth, so to speak. But yeah, we're on the, 
<laughs> we're on the dark side of the moon. We we feel like alone. I it's where all the expectations are. It's it's where like you're supposed to have the most accomplishment in your career, but you know, enough youth that you're, you know, you're vivacious and all these things are supposed to be coming together. Like, or so we believe like, you know, at that, like kind of 35 to 55, like range, like, and, and when people don't accomplish that or, or, you know, don't live up to others' expectations and, and you feel sad about that. You feel lonely with that. Like you think you're, you're walking literally the, this path of loneliness, but like everyone feels like that. Everyone feels like they didn't live up to expectations or whatever. And it, it's, again, it's, it's all just stories. It's all patterns. It's things we've created, people we've listened to, stories we hold on to. I mean, there's certain stories we like let kind of pass through and then others we hold on to. And we make true because we tell it to ourselves over and over and over. It's like affirmations is the same idea, but it's positive affirmations. It's telling yourself, you know, I am good enough. I'm beautiful. I'm brilliant. I deserve this. I, you know, saying that kind of stuff. People think that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They say negative shit all the time. Like every day they're telling themselves horrible things. Yeah. And I guarantee you, all the people that you think treat you bad, you're the one that treats yourself the worst. You're allowing them to yeah. treat you that way. You don't set the boundaries. Yeah. And if you know anyone else talked to you like you talked to you, you wouldn't be their friend. Right. Right. I mean, you're you're your worst enemy. So why don't you be your best friend? Yeah. Like why don't you be your advocate? Like tell yourself good things instead of terrible things. Absolutely. What a world that would be. What if that was the status quo was we're just blown away by the fact that we're here breathing alive and aware of it. We don't know anything else that's alive and aware of it. What a tragedy it would be to not be completely spectacularly blown away by the present moment that you're in. Yeah. And that's what I love. Like, you know, some of the plant medicine journeys I've done, like I've, I've experienced that and you don't need to do those all the time, but what it helps do is like, helps get you one ego free and two, like kind of seeing the world around you through those like childlike eyes and there's an innocence to it. And you see beauty, like in the sky, you see beauty in, in the people around you and you just feel love. Like, and that becomes like a guidepost that you can go back to once you know what that feels like. I mean, for me, I hadn't felt that really at all in my life, maybe since I was a very, very, very small child. So to feel those feelings, it becomes a guidepost that I can return to and say, you know, this is where I want to be. Like, that's, that's the feeling I want to feel. And then I can, you know, do things that put me in, in a position to do that. Nice. Amazing. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the advancements that are coming with plant medicine, it's impacting people's lives so profoundly. I know suicide rate in veterans is profound and so many are finding so many, so much comfort and hope in that process and going through journeys like that. You know, they say one thing that I've studied too, you know, the children who have been abused, physically abused, they have a similar brain activity than as veterans because veterans are constantly looking, scanning for threats who've survived combat. Well, it's the same for little kids. 
little kids are terrified and seeing, you know, big, awful things happening and they're being hurt by it. And so the brain patterns are very similar. And so I look forward to, and what I celebrate is a day where, where people who have been through war and violence and abuse partner together to help liberate each other out of the effects of violence, out of the effects of agony, out of the effects of terror and fear, and get to a point where we are truly, as you say, thriving, where we live without fear, where we live without shame, where we live without guilt, where we see the spectacular reality that each person is an absolute miracle, and where we can incorporate all of our systems into facilitating that to to become the reality that we're living in instead of what we see today. I am very excited for our future. Wow. Yeah. Awesome, man. <laughs> it makes me feel good that you're just so enthusiastic about that and that we are we're vibing on this. I know like probably expect you to talk about biohacking and but you know, I get that a lot, like with biohacking, keto and supplements and, you know, tell me what to do, take devices to buy, you know, peptides. But to me, like this stuff is foundational, like, and, and I didn't figure that out for a long time because I was trying to take these magic bullets, you know, I was working out in the gym and I was doing different supplements and, and, you know, cold plunges and whatever, all these biohacks and and devices I could use, but I didn't love myself through the process. Like, and that's so foundational. If you really want, I mean, do you want to live 10 extra years miserable, well, then like biohack the shit out of that, you know, <laughs> but if you want, I personally would rather like have joyous years and maybe even live a little shorter, <laughs> but it doesn't even work like that. The happier you are, like the longer you live too. So the Harvard study, that's like the longest running study in, in history, they've shown that, that like the people that had quality relationships in their life, like live the longest, irrespective of literally socioeconomic status, ethnicity, you know, you name it, gender, whatever it was, it's really quality of relationships. And so that's what it, that's what it comes down to, to me is like, I now I'm realizing like the ultimate biohack is like learning to love myself mm-hmm. and so now I'm like working on, you know, gratitude and meditation and, and, you know, affirmations and breath work and stuff that, you know, I thought was all woo before, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, hippie kind of stuff. But, but now I'm finding like, no, this stuff is powerful and transformational yes. and it should be the foundation that we work from. And then we can like, you know, make these tweaks and, you know, work on our biochemistry and, and these other things. Like once we've learned to love ourselves, I mean, it's, that's, that's the, that's gotta be the foundation. I'm excited. You are on an epic journey, my friend. <laughs> it's Thanks, yeah, man. It's going to be fun to see, do what you do. It's going to be good, man. Get back. And, you know, maybe we should do some kind of journey some, some time together. Absolutely. I love out with you. Absolutely. Let's do it. Talking about journeys, I always kind of end the show with, with a few questions that kind of orient us to gratitude and things like that. So it works out. The first one is, who are you thankful for today? I'm thankful for you today. Really thankful for you. Like, you know, I had a busy day and I had to stop. And, you know, sometimes these things just become things on our calendar and things we check off. And, you know, when you came in, you came in with energy and, and it allowed me to return to my 
correct space of mindfulness and, and gratitude and, and just be present and give my energy back to you. And, and so I'm thankful for you. Excellent. Thank you. And now that we've covered who you're thankful for today, what are you thankful for today? I'm thankful for air in my lungs. Like really just that I'm breathing and I'm thankful for life. Like I really don't, you know, have Lamborghini dreams. Like I, I'm just thankful for life. And every time I get to meet someone, interact with someone, I not only get to learn about them and the world around me, but I learn something about myself. I, like I said, I grow as a person, you know, if, if you were to list like the, I don't know if you've ever done this exercise where like the three people that you'd most like likely to, to eat dinner with dead or alive. And then you list their three traits that you like about them. Oh. And you find out that those nine traits are all things that you like about yourself. Oh, that's great. And, and then the one person you wouldn't invite and why not is the one thing you're actually struggling with yourself. And people really don't like that one. <laughs> the people that most agitate you, it's because it's something you're struggling with. It's not them. Again, we're all on our own path. How do you fuel the fire within you? How do you engage and what makes you rise up? The most powerful things for me is really what we're doing right now. When I, when I talk and interact with someone and I just feed off of people's energy and, and I just have so much gratitude for it. And again, like it's just how I discover myself. I think, you know, some people like to spend a lot of time in, in books and, you know, nature and, and I do those things, but man, like I get so energized and intrigued by meeting people. And especially like I'm, I've been blessed enough to travel around the world and when you talk to people in other languages with other religions and other climates, you know, I've been to Iceland and Brazil and China and, you know, Fiji and all these places. And it's so cool to just talk to people from all over the world. And, you know, that on one hand, they're, they're so different, quote unquote, but on the other hand, they're just, there's so much the same. Like we're all just trying to do our best. We're all on our path, man. And, and once you see that, once you embrace that, the world can be a beautiful place and, and division can melt away. What is one thing that adversity taught you to value? I love adversity for a number of reasons. There's a book called The Obstacles, The Way by Ryan Holiday. And it's all about stoicism. And essentially, that's like a, a growth-based mindset where you do see opportunity in adversity. You don't wish for it. There's a, there's a biblical saying about like, you know, God, you know, grant me this, uh, the strength, you know, like that, you know, you, you don't, you don't wish for a world without adversity, without difficulty, because that's where the growth is. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to actually embrace it and, and be thankful for it, have gratitude for it. Otherwise you would not become the person you become. You wouldn't empathize with other people. You wouldn't connect. You wouldn't have your why. There's some other scientific terms. There's a term called allostatic load, the size of your stress bucket, essentially. And, you know, as you train yourself, as you do some of these biohacks, you know, whether it's physically like hot showers or hot sauna and, and cold plunges, you know, or it's doing breath work or, you know, growth mindset kind of stuff, those things are all going to help your stress bucket grow so that you can deal with stress better. 
And then lastly, there's an idea in science called hormesis, where the more you're challenged, the more you adapt and become stronger. And, you know, it's very similar to the idea of being at the gym, but it's it's a similar idea with your body. And, and then going really deep, there's an idea called mitohormesis, where even your mitochondria grow stronger, these energy powerhouses in your cell from being challenged. So, you know, that is the way we grow. And so I'm thankful tremendously for adversity. What are you doing today you may have never thought you could? All of it. Like, honestly, all of it. I, I did a hypnotherapy session not too long ago where a guy told me, you know, I went back to a traumatic moment in my childhood and I hugged that child and that was beautiful. And I know people have heard that. But he told me something that I've never heard before. And he said, tell that child about who you are today and what you've accomplished. And I was sobbing because that child was very proud of me. And that child had no idea that I would accomplish all these things. I have far surpassed all my dreams. What will you do tomorrow that you may have never thought you could? Love myself unconditionally. That's my goal every day. And and that's what I think, you know, I just come closer and closer to achieving.